Hi, I'm Sarah Manili, and this is Sustainably Speaking, the podcast aimed at raising awareness about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs. These goals were adopted by the United Nations in 2015 as a universal call to action to end poverty, protect the planet, and ensure that by 2030, all people enjoy peace and prosperity. The SDGs call upon all countries to come together in a global partnership to improve health and education, tackle climate change, and much more. In 2021, Georgian College in Ontario, Canada officially joined the global movement of United Nations Sustainable Development Goals by signing the SDG Accord. This podcast is dedicated to sharing the importance of making positive change in the world. We will share inspiring stories of organizations and individuals who are taking strides toward meeting these goals. And through these stories, we hope to inspire you to take up the challenge as well. Join us in our mission to make a difference and create a better future for our planet. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Sustainably Speaking. I am here with Marilyn Nigro, the program coordinator for both the event management and the tourism programs here at Georgian College. Marilyn, thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Now, I really want to talk to you about your experience in Kenya with the CI CAN project that you took on with uh, Masai Mara Technical and Vocational Institute. Can you tell us a little bit about that, how the project started, what it's all about? Sure. About three years ago, Georgian College was invited to partner with the College of the Rockies from British Columbia and become part of the TVET, which stands for Technical and Vocational Education and Training um, Project, um, together with CICAN in Kenya. Um, the project was to develop a tourism program. Uh, in Kenya, they refer to those as their programs as a course. So I may use both, both terms. With the colleague from College of the Rockies and myself developing all the curriculum together with the faculty in Kenya. Wow. And you did this all virtually? Too. Everything was done virtually, which was a real challenge because there's an eight-hour time change. So we would have to meet at eight in the morning here, six in the morning, British Columbia time, and four o'clock in the afternoon in Kenya after they were done their classes. And then, of course, their other challenges are the lack of internet service. Of course. Um, so we weren't always guaranteed that we would have great internet service. So the first half hour of every meeting was waiting for people to get online. So how did it first come to be? How did this idea kind of form and, and become an actual thing? MasterCard is supporting um, something called youth employability through TVET. And I know that their primary focus right now is in Kenya. And it's to educate youth and to make them employable. There's a, a lot of students who come out of high school in Kenya, don't have the money to go on, don't have the um, skills to go on, and they're just trying to find more skilled trades and things for um, make their youth more employable globally. How did you come to partner specifically with College of the Rockies? I don't know the answer to that specifically because I was just invited from the international department here and from Georgian College or from Brian Hunt, our dean, to participate in this program. And when I came on board, the partnership already existed. So I believe that TVET and CI can identify the partners 
And from there, they just assigned faculty to the project. Wow. So you hadn't even met your uh, counterpart in College of the Rockies before No, I didn't meet her until we went to Kenya. So that was really fun because we saw each other virtually for two years and then we were able to meet in person and we knew we would get along famously. And you did. And we did. And yeah. Did. So was this technically a collaborative online international learning project? Or, I mean, I realize it sounds like it falls under that, but was it really connected originally? It does, but part of the project was to develop this new Tour Guide 5 course for the employability program at one college, and then they would become train the trainers for other colleges. So the curriculum that we developed with them is now being taught by the faculty at Masaimara to other colleges and shared with other colleges. Wow. So it was brand new curriculum. They have a lot of very strict guidelines that they had to follow, obviously, to meet the criteria of the Kenyan government. Right. And there was some confusion between documents. So we were trying to determine what the outcomes were and what the objectives were. The um, paperwork involved was extensive. They basically had to, by the time the project was finished, we had to submit not only course outlines, but syllabi for every course uh, and a lesson plan for every class in that course. So if you think of it at Georgian College in one semester, we have six courses per semester for 14 weeks. So we had to develop six times 14 times. Wow. Yeah. And how long is the program? It's multi-year? It's two-year program. Okay. Yeah. And they have a work placement, so a co-op in the middle, the same as we do. Is there any affiliation with a Georgian college diploma or anything like that? How does that look when they graduate? We haven't looked at that at all. That may be something that, you know, they could look at down the road, but they're basically graduating with uh, a tourism diploma. Okay. Um, Except theirs is very specific to tour guiding. So as you know, Kenya is rich in safari adventures and and, uh, they, they need hundreds of tour guides every year. So they, that's what they're training them for. So what, when it comes to the sustainable development goals in particular, is there any goals that you focused on or that would would be encompassed within this project? I imagine there's several, but any that really stand out? So the one was gender equity because it's a very, very male dominant profession. And I know when we were out on safari, pretty near every tour guide we saw was male. Um, So it was all about gender equity and offering female youth the opportunity for achieving those employability skills as well or developing those employability skills. I know when we were talking when you were there, you had mentioned kind of an experiential component of of teaching that you introduced to the teachers there. And mm-hmm. how it was kind of pretty enlightening to them. I'd love to hear it was that. so exciting. So we they they don't they don't teach with active learning. Their methodology of teaching is stand in front of a class, lecture. Every student has a notebook and a pencil. Mm -hmm. They don't have whiteboards. They don't have blackboards. They don't have, you know, projectors or screens or anything. It's, It's very old school. Here's a teacher, listen and make notes. Okay. So when we were there, we introduced, and even before we went, I sent 
all kinds of information from our CTEL here and shared all kinds of active learning activities with them. And then when we went, we were able to demonstrate and show them how to use those in their classroom. Anna Marie from College of the Rockies took a suitcase full of toys, I'll call them. (laughs) And I did the same. We took cards, we took balloons, we took, you know, you name it. We took everything we could possibly think of that would help enrich the active learning activities. And we left those tools there for them to use. Um, It was so much fun to watch them come to life with these activities. Um, One of the unique things was that Derek, one of the faculty, um, had just taken a brand new active learning course in Nairobi. Okay. So he was really on board with it and trying to, to get the other teachers excited about it too. So we just really reinforced what he had just learned. Mm-hmm. And it was just wonderful to see. And we we were able to go into the classrooms with the faculty and see how they taught. Right. And then immediately, as soon as we started practicing the active learning strategies, they were incorporating those into the lesson plans. That's amazing. And the students just came to life. It was so much fun. Well, I can imagine having some more of a back and forth versus just, you know, one way. Yeah. Yes. And it was, uh, One of the other uh, opportunities we had for active learning was um, when we were there, they had their first industry advisory committee meeting for this program. And they don't normally do those, but that was something else that we from Canada introduced to them as a concept. Okay. So they had a panel, I think they have a committee of about 10 industry professionals from different walks of, you know, different... um, representation from tourism, um, resort owners, tour guides, motel managers, food and beverage. And we, uh, in the meeting that we had with them, we took them out into the open field and did a big um, game with them. And, And they all got really excited about it and thought that it was something they could use for their employee team building exercises. Yeah. So that was really fun to see them incorporate and, and be excited about it. Yes. You know, they were, they really wanted to do it. So. And did this, and from an advisory committee perspective, I know that of course they're advising on curriculum and things like that, but do they also have like help form partnerships for like connecting to careers for these students? Absolutely. Yeah. And they were there to talk about what opportunities they could provide for their work training. Right. Yeah. They have a specific term for it. And, so. it, and it does it, does that work training time correspond with the diploma? Like it's part of the yes. graduation yeah. criteria? Yeah. And how long is it? It's is it- one full semester, the same as here. Yeah. That is great. So we've mentioned this a little bit, but you obviously traveled to Kenya recently. Yep. And we'd love to hear, I'd love to hear more about your experience there, the things you did and saw and I know you mentioned too one time about how it's, you know, there's farm animals right there outside of the classroom (laughs) and you kind of have to grab a desk and bring it in. So please just tell us. Yeah. So, you know, you travel to a big city like Nairobi and it's like any big city. It has the chaos of cars and people, um, a little more chaotic. It was, you know, driving with your eyes shut, hopefully. And, <laughs> um, but once you travel, started to travel out into Masai Mara, which is part of the Great Rift Valley, you just see, you know, the, the natural beauty of the country and, and understand why people want to go there. 
when we were at the college, we were in a valley. So that kind of lended itself to why they had such horrible internet for the last two years when we were trying to work with them. When you go into the college every day, there's a big gate that every student has to check in at. Some students live on campus. They have a female dorm and a male dorm. They hang their clothes out on clotheslines between the trees. Um, They have farm animals on site. Um, So the cows roam around freely all around the campus. You could be in a classroom and a cow might come and stick her head in the door. You just (laughs) don't know what you're going to get. (laughs) Uh, They have farms uh, or gardens on site um, that they grow their own vegetables and everything to be able to serve in their cafeteria. And do students help in this? Do they help with the farm and help with the garden? They do. Yeah. And then they had, they were clearing when we were there, they were clearing a big area for the tourism program where the tourism students would be able to camp overnight and practice putting up tents and practice guiding other students around the campus. So they really wanted to have some experiential learning for the students as well. When, when the students go to class, they, there aren't always classrooms assigned so the students all collectively go and try and find a classroom. When one finds an empty classroom, they WhatsApp the rest of the students and say, K304 is open. And everybody goes and grabs a desk from the empty field or from the field, um, carries it to the classroom, and then they have class. Wow. And I think one of the unique things you have to appreciate when you're working with their culture is everything's done on African time. Right. If a class is at nine, it might get going by nine fifteen or nine twenty. Got it. Wow. So did you actually sit in on classes? Yeah. Then? You would join the classes though you were a student. Yes. Yeah, we did. And it was interesting because Anna Marie is left-handed. Oh, and they and she was saying that there was not one desk in the school that would accommodate a left-handed person. Because I'm sure you can visualize the old wraparound desks, right? And if you're left-handed, that doesn't work. It would not work. So even when you think about from an accessibility standpoint, you know, that's another thing from from the perspective of the SDGs, making it accessible learning. Exactly. So when you were saying about the SDGs, the other one that I looked at was goal number eight, decent work and economic growth. Okay. So I think even when you're thinking from accessibility and applying a simple lesson like that to their workplace, you know, finding what works for people and what doesn't work. And you, when you were there, went on a safari. We did. With two of the, yeah. So two of the members of the industry committee took us on a safari. Most of the trucks that we saw were packed with six to eight people. Anna Marie and I had a truck all to ourselves with two drivers, one who had been in the industry for 23 years. And you just have a whole new appreciation for what they know. One of the courses, just step it back a bit, one of the courses and one of the people who came here um, was an expert in flora and fauna. So when you're out on safari, you know, they're identifying all the flora and fauna in the, on the ground and, you know, looking in the trees and they, you'll be just driving along and all of a sudden they'll take a right turn and you, you have no idea why. And then they'll stop and there's a lion laying in the grass. It's like, how did you know it was there? And they just said, oh, there's signs. So they, yeah. And they, they would position the truck in a place that I would think, oh, we're not going to see anything, but they knew the path and the, 
you know, that yes. the elephants were going to take or the lions were going to take. And they knew if we parked over to the left that they would walk right by us. So I think the other really thing that the thing that I really appreciated was the fact that they have such a profound respect for the land and the animals that just really hit home over and over again. Um, a really profound respect. And uh, the lions came over. We were stopped because the lions were walking towards us. And I've shown you the wonderful pictures of this oh, yes, where they absolutely. came and they stayed right beside our truck. And the driver kept starting the truck and moving an inch or two because he said the babies will go underneath the truck for shade and you could be there all day because oh. you can't just get out and go shoo. Yeah, get out of the way. <laughs> no. Oh, my. So that was, uh, yeah, it's, it was really enlightening to see that. At, at, we stayed at a... Um, tourism eco resort that was uh, glamping so we were so fun intense overnight and we were warned that we would hear hippos down the river in the morning and not to be alarmed so we heard noises about 5 a.m and then when we went for breakfast the owner could tell us that there were there was a huge uh, pride of lions all around us so they weren't just hippos they were lions, lions too. <laughs> well you know we're in the hospitality area here at Georgian mm -hmm. and I remember you telling me just how much hospitality they showed to you and I remember a specific picture you showed me where you went into your tent and you took your shoes off outside and someone came and positioned your shoes so that you could easily slip right into them when you came back out. Yeah. And that when you got me, I know it did me too. And that's why I took a picture of it. Of course, right. Yes. It's like, but somebody who's not in house hospitality may not appreciate that. Yeah. I don't know. I hope that most people do that's small things like that. Those are small touches, right? right? But they mean everything that they someone do. would even think to do something. Yeah. So kind and yeah. lovely. That just, that blew me away. It was, uh, yeah, they treated us, you know, like family. Right. When we left Masai Mara, it was, uh, it was heartbreaking to leave. <laughs> I bet. There, the last week we were there, we all went out for a family dinner. Anna Marie and I treated them for a family dinner, which consisted of barbecued goat. <laughs> wow. What does that taste like? <laughs> Smoked barbecued goat. I probably won't have it again. Okay. I, I was got to try everything. When in Rome, you have to try. <laughs> what else do we do with them? Um, the, well, the last day we were there, they had a ceremony where we were given our Maasai names. I love this. And we did a traditional dance. We were given a traditional blanket, Maasai blanket to wear. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was heartwarming to, to be part of that culture. And now tell me, what was your, is it the Masai Mara name or what was the? the oh, story? it is Nashipai. And what does that That means bringer of happiness. Oh, I just <laughs> won. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, so we've, I, I think, you know, the, the other part of this whole trip too, is that we were able to come and, and, you know, I, I'm not going to say full circle yet, but we were able to reciprocate with a visit when they came to Canada. So four of the faculty then came to Canada in September. Absolutely. That was beautiful. I had the pleasure of meeting them as well and to experience some of the things they were teaching. It was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But yes, how long were they here? They were here for 10 days. So they spent six days out in British Columbia. Oh, very um, nice. It's pretty hard to compete with the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> 
<laughs> but we did our best. We took them um, canoeing in Algonquin Park oh, wow. in September in Canada. Oh. Like they were absolutely stunned by the beauty of the color. They just they just wanted to sit in the canoe and stare at the at the trees. They, and we kept referring to it as as nature's art. You know, it's mm-hmm. just so natural. It's true. Um, you take it for granted, right? You do. And you're so used to it, but yeah. it really is phenomenal. It's stunning. And I think one of the highlights for them, and this just happened, you know, by chance, um, I had a class and so uh, Kelly Watson was taking them to participate in another activity and she took them to our Indigenous Center. Mm-hmm. There was a drumming circle taking place to, they were practicing for the Orange Shirt Day yes. ceremony. Yes. So the our uh, guests started to participate in the drumming ceremony and dancing, and they were all, the whole group was all amazed at how many similarities there were in their cultures with rhythm and drum and dance. That's amazing. So it was nice to see those two worlds come, come together. together yeah. yeah, and then following that, we went up to Midland and went to St. Marie among the Hurons. We went all around Georgian Bay. We talked about the shipping industry and how important it is in our culture and, you know, in Canada and also went out to Bomb Beach so that they could see the longest freshwater beach in the world. Wow. And then their last day here, we took them to Toronto and did all the sites of Toronto. So we nice and tired. We, I know you still keep in touch. I with do. Yeah. Yes. So the project officially isn't over until this spring. And we, we were talking earlier and I said, I think what could really be described as making this whole project full circle is being able to go back to Masai Mara mm-hmm. when the first group graduates and having one of those grads be a tour guide. Yes. Which an would experience. be an, just an exceptional experience. But they had, uh, they started the tourism program in tour guide uh, five program in September. They had another intake in January. Wow. And they've also got a tourism program started. So there's three intakes and they said that there's a lot of interest and that students are really excited about the about the programs. The only other thing is to realize how little how much they do is so little. Right. Um, And they're always looking for support with equipment and, you know, so that they can go out and put up the tents and they can get lanterns and they can get the equipment that they need. They, you know, we take we take for granted here what we have as learning tools. Absolutely. And uh, and there's a lot that we can do to help them become a better program and become a leading school for that for that tourism industry. And then similarly, there's a lot of students who need support and the tuition and, and housing and food for a semester is only maybe $500 per semester tops. Wow. One of my goals is just to continue to find ways that we can help support them in what they're doing. I love that. And I have actually one more quick question. Uh-huh. How, in terms of who, students, you just mentioned mm-hmm. getting more female students, what would you say would be the ratio right now of male to female students in this particular program? There's probably, I would say, 
I think there's only about three or four female students out of maybe 20 to 25. Right. So this is what so, yeah. So, and that's, you know, the SDGs and looking at gender equity. And I guess to, uh, just to go back to the very beginning, when I speak about gender equity is when we were writing curriculum, we made sure that the curriculum and the words and the terminology all reflected gender equity. Wow. So that, you know, it wasn't biased towards towards uh, a male-dominant society. Yeah. That's that's. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, so. Thank you, Marilyn. Oh, thank thank you. you for everything you do, Marilyn. No. It's so amazing. <laughs> but this was such a great experience. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Me. 